You're a hypocrite if you say we shouldn't have a mental health stigma, but you're not talking to someone about your issues. You're a hypocrite. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are continuing our support of Mental Health Awareness Month. And this week with our midweek mindset, this comes from Laddie Morton. And it says, mental illness occurs when our mental health is compromised or neglected for so long that it affects our ability to function in our everyday life. Now, here's two statistics I want to talk to you about that support this idea. First, 26% of Americans suffer from a diagnosable mental disorder. This comes from hopkinsmedicine.org, and it's from a study called Mental Health Disorder Statistics. So 26%, so basically one in four, more than one in four Americans suffer from a diagnosable mental health disorder. That doesn't even include the ones that are maybe not diagnosable, that are just struggling with something. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, man, the military must be higher than that, right? So 26%, that sounds really high, one in four. So if you look to your left and look to your right, the odds are if it's not one of them, it's you. Although one more person could add, get added to the mix. But if you're listening to this podcast, uh, prob probably is you. So the uh, as I was thinking about this, I found another study that was specifically about the military. And the National Council for Behavioral Health says that 30% of military members are suffering from a diagnosable medical mental health disorder. And as I was digging a little bit deeper, I found another one, which I didn't write down, but it was 18% of military members suffer from depression. But the studies from the military, both of them said that, and I'm paraphrasing, that basically the numbers are likely much higher because military members don't self-report as often. Military members don't seek help as often, which I know to be true. And next week is gonna be all about breaking the stigma. So next Wednesday, come in and we'll talk about that. But both of these were, were really crazy to me. So 26% of Americans, 30% of military members. And military members don't seek care. And as I was thinking about them, I'm like, man, people are walking around, one in four people are walking around with a diagnosable mental health disorder. And some of them are doing really, really well. And some of them are doing really, really poorly. And some of them are doing poorly because they have really bad conditions that require medication and treatment and inpatient care and all. But some people are doing poorly with the same condition. So you may have someone with mild depression and someone with mild depression, and one is impacted severely and one is impacted not so severely. Or you may have someone with moderate anxiety and another person with moderate anxiety, and one you don't know, and the other, it's, it's written all over their face. And it's like, what's happening? Why is one person paralyzed and one person isn't? Is, is it weakness? Is it, what is it? And I think it's complicated, right? And I'm not trying to replace mental health, but one of the things I've been gravitating to a lot over the last few months is that mental health issues don't define us. And I sometimes allow my mental health issues to define me. You see virtually every shirt I wear, not today or Monday, but every shirt that I wear is a Project Valhalla t-shirt, right? About mental health and PTSD and veteran suicide. 22 veterans a day kill themselves. But when we look at today's mindset, mental illness occurs when our mental health is compromised or neglected for so long that it affects our ability to function our everyday life. And I think that's the key. Therein lies the key. For those of us that are seeking treatment, for those of us that are, are working on our issues, for those of us that are talking to people, for those of us that are, are tackling our issues head on and not allowing them to define us, we're able to go out into the world and function for the most part. Now, that doesn't discount treatment and mental health medicine and those things. I'm not saying that we can replace those things or eliminate them. It's not my point. 
But for those of us that that lean into our mental health and use it as an identity, use it as an excuse that that wear it like a coat. Well, I'm just depressed. Well, I just have ADHD. Well, I just have anxiety. Yes, I have all those things. Severe clinical ADHD. If I'm not intentional, I change tasks every 60 seconds. That's a fact. And so I'll be working on slides, then I'll be checking email, then I'll be doing research, and then I'll be looking at, and that's in a five-minute time span. I can accomplish virtually nothing on my own when I'm not intentional. Now, I can wear that as a badge and say my ADHD kills me, and it does. It sucks sometimes, badly. But I don't want it to define me. So what have I learned over time? Well, I have this stuff I take called genius consciousness. It works really well. I've tried Ritalin. I've tried some other things. I listen to this playlist, um, which is ADHD focused music on YouTube, which is really cool because it occupies some of your senses. Look it up. Go on YouTube and just search like ADHD focused music. It's really cool what people have put together to help kind of trick your brain. But the point is, is that I don't want my ADHD to define me as much as it often does. I don't want depression to define me as much as it often does. I don't want anxiety to define me as much as it often does. And the degree to which I neglect those things and either try to ignore them, to pretend that they don't happen, or to wear them like a coat as part of my identity, the degree to which I do those things often directly correlates with how much of an impact they have on my life. I can't ignore them. I can't just medicate them away. I wish I could. I thought maybe that might be a possibility. It isn't. But to the degree to which I treat them and cope with them is often the degree to which I can function as a normal human. And that's a really big understanding to have. Whether you're the person with a mental health disorder that's diagnosable or not, or you're the person supporting them. And if it's not you, it's people around you. It isn't weakness. It isn't that they're, they're not as good or as strong. It's just that they're there. Mental health issues are often visible under brain scans. Just like your muscle size is visible to the naked eye. And so I deal with these things. I deal with them every day. They impact my relationships. They impact my work. They impact my money. And what I've learned is that by the time it impacts these things, it's too late. And I feel horrible because my wife is often the one who has to try to bring everything back together. So she has to try to get me back on the train track moving forward so that I function like a normal human being again. And then she's often has to do that, which is very disruptive to her life. But she often doesn't see it until the symptoms manifest. And by the time the symptoms manifest, and I don't mean internally, I mean externally, the evidence of my symptoms manifest in the world, it's often too late because the impact has already happened. So it's too late. And next week, we're going to talk about breaking the stigma. So today, I'm just going to focus on you, just like I did Monday. It's all about you. Today, all about you. So what do we do? What do I do? Well, the first thing is this. If you are someone dealing with a diagnosable or non-diagnosable mental health disorder, depression, anxiety, ADHD, it doesn't matter. Whatever diagnosable condition that you have or that you're dealing with or that you suspect that you're dealing with, the judicial system, I can't talk sometimes. The first thing is you've got to be talking to someone. Two years ago, I was at a VA appointment and, and the VA, was a, it was just a conventional appointment. And my doctor was like, hey, we'd like you to go talk to mental health right now. You want to go? And I was like, no, but, but I'll go. I made a decision a long time ago that when it comes to mental health, whatever they recommend, that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm a really bad judge when it comes to what I should and shouldn't be doing, especially when I'm going through it. And so I've been talking to behavioral health ever since. And sometimes it's monthly. For a while, it was weekly. Right now, it's quarterly. And it's kind of a gauge of how things are going is how often am I talking to mental health, to behavioral therapy. But you've got to be talking to someone. You have to be talking to someone. If you're not talking to someone and you know that you have a problem, you're part of the bigger problem. 
And it sucks to say that, but you are. Everyone's like, how do I break the stigma? Go to mental health. Start there. Start by dealing with your stuff. How do I break the stigma? Start by dealing with your stuff first. Next week, we'll talk about more. Start by dealing with your stuff. I'm not perfect. I make so many mistakes. It's unbelievable. I'm trying to deal with my stuff. I've been trying to deal with my stuff for a really long time. In some ways, I'm improving. Other ways, I'm regressing. It's, it's a mess sometimes, mental health. But you've got to be talking to someone. Behavioral health is my go-to. Why? Medication is, is good and proper and has its place. But without coping skills, it isn't going to work. I'm not a doctor, but coping skills are ultimately the goal right? How little medication can we use and how many coping skills can we learn in order to function? I used to think that there was a pill that I could take that would make me feel normal, whatever that means. It doesn't exist apparently, but I've been trying. Coping skills are the holy grail. And that's what behavioral health is for. Behavioral health is work through your issues and find coping skills. You've got to be talking to someone. If you expect anyone around you to, to talk to someone and break the stigma, You've got to start with your stuff. You've got to work through your stuff. You've got to have a leadership story. You've got to have a journey. If you don't have a hero's journey, you're not a hero. You've got to have a hero's journey. The hero's journey starts from the point of challenge. Then it has the growth. And then the hero is the hero. You've got to go through your growth period. So you've got to talk to someone. Behavioral health is my go-to. But I understand some of you won't talk to behavioral health. You've got to have someone. You've got to have someone you can talk to about your issues. That could be uh, MFLAC, it could be behavioral health, it could be a coach. And this is going to be my next one. You need to have a coach or a mentor in your life. And these are two different things. They sound very similar. A coach or a mentor is not for the purpose of dumping on them and talking to them. That's separate. Maybe they're the same person, but ideally they're not. But you have a coach or a mentor. And why I say that you need to have a coach or a mentor is that you need someone in your life that knows where you're headed that knows where you are and is tracking your progress. You need someone in your life that is watching you, that knows what you're capable of, and that is watching your trends. Because they're the one who's going to look at you and say, man, you are doing well, you are not doing well. You need to get some additional help. You need to continue what you're doing. You're doing great, step on the gas. For me personally, the worse things get, the more I button up. The worse things get, the more likely I am to retreat. The worse things get, the more likely that you're not going to see me. So you need someone in your life that's regularly checking on you and your status and your progress professionally and personally, not as your mental health provider, but as your coach, as your mentor, someone that can push you. Who do you go to lunch with weekly? That's a good place to start. Anyone? If there's no one that you're going to lunch with regularly or meeting up with regularly for a cup of coffee, you probably don't have someone in your life that, that is a good gauge of where you are. Our spouses see us too often for that to be the case because they see every minute interaction that we have. So they're not always the best judge of that. Our spouses are phenomenal when it comes to support. They can support us more than anyone, but they don't always see the day-to-day -day changes. They see the longer trend and often they see the symptoms or recognize them after the impact has happened, not before. And so who do you go to lunch with? Who knows your goals? Who knows where you're headed? Who believes in you? Who knows what you're capable of? That's the person who should be checking in on you. And how do we do that? We invite them in. You be proactive. I did that this week for my friend Mark. Hey, you pick. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, I'll take you to anyone. Just pick a day. And he wrote back. He's like, you pick a day. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll pick a day. You pick the meal. But you need someone in your life, someone that knows who you are, where you're going. Not someone you brag to, but someone that you can share with, share your struggles, your challenges, your goals, your ambitions. 
Those are the two things I believe that if you have any type of diagnosable condition and you don't have those two things in your life, you are not what you could be and you're not headed where you should be. You're not. You can't do it alone. You're a hypocrite if you say we shouldn't have a mental health stigma and you're not getting treatment. You're a hypocrite if you say we shouldn't have a mental health stigma, but you're not talking to someone about your issues. You're a hypocrite. If everyone in the DOD that had an issue with their mental health went to mental health, the stigma would go away virtually overnight. I'm not saying the repercussions would, because I understand that in some career fields, there are some challenges if you have PTSD and you're a security forces, like whatever. I know that there are challenges. But if everyone started to seek help for their issues, the stigma would start to go away. It wouldn't happen overnight, but it would happen quickly. It would. I believe that. And if you're watching this video, you see the, the unbreaking eye contact. If you're listening, you're just going to have to hear it in my voice. I'm sincere. Anyone who says they're sincere probably isn't. But in this case, I totally am. In all sincerity. But my point is, is that if you're not receiving treatment and, you, and you're complaining about the stigma, you are part of the problem. You're part of the problem. And I will just throw that out there. The last thing any of us wants is to invite someone in. I don't want to invite someone in until the mess is everywhere and I can't clean it up myself. That's bad, real bad. You have to have people in your life. Behavioral health is a great start. What is the purpose of behavioral health? Coping skills. That's what we need. We need coping skills. All right. I started this podcast or this YouTube video and what I wanted to talk about was like journaling and baselines and, and tracking your trends and all these things that I talked about on Monday to an extent. But I realized that honestly, it's all worthless if there's not someone in your life that can hold you accountable. If there's not someone in your life checking in on you, if there's not someone in your life checking up on you, if there's not someone in your life invested in your long-term success, none of those things matter in my opinion, especially if you're dealing with depression and anxiety. It can be very tough to navigate on your own. Self-care is great. Do it. But nothing beats a coach, a mentor, or a good friend that can ring the bell when things are not going well. And yes, that rhymes intentionally. So if it's you that I'm talking about, do it in your life. If it's not you that I'm talking about, then who are the people in your life that need this right now? Who are they? And what can you do to break the stigma? What can you do to push them, to get help, to talk to someone about whatever it is that they're experiencing and whatever they're going through. Monday, I'm going to have a great conversation with Sergeant Q, um, uh, healing through service. Sorry, it took a second. Sergeant Q, healing through service. I can't wait to share that interview with you. He was a great guy, someone I think I'm going to be good friends with. And uh, next Wednesday, we'll be talking about breaking the stigma. So I'm excited. Hopefully, you're checking out the YouTube video as well. If this is a podcast, I'll talk to you all soon. See you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.